on today's show. Is your band a business? Cue title sequence. 30-minute music marketing for musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Hello, I'm Sheldon. Hi, I'm Greg. And this is 30-Minute Music Marketing, the show for independent artists and DIY musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Thanks very much for watching this particular episode. Whichever platform you watch it on or even listen to it on, um, you can find our podcasts wherever you get um, your podcasts from. Could be Spotify, could be iTunes, could be Anchor FM. So this show today, is it a deep dive or is it a full episode? It's part of our deep dive segment where we normally obviously look at the uh, marketing aspects of being a DIY musician. Deep dives are where we have a look at all the other things that concern DIY musicians. And today we're looking again at money. And this is sort of the second part of uh, the two-part episode, I would say, because we started to look at a series of tweets from a from a DIY band in our last, last episode. Week. Yep. So last week we had a look at maybe what your value is, what your worth is, how much money you should be charging as a musician. Today we're going to be looking more at the, the money and the, the finance aspects of being a DIY musician. Oh, that dirty word. Money. Mm. So I'm going to read the original series of tweets that prompted last week's episode and this week's episode. And this is from a small DIY band based in the northwest of England, and this series of tweets has been edited for clarity, as we said last week, uh, and uh, the tweets went as follows. We're trying to play a gig in Brighton, which is about 250, 300 miles away, I'm guessing, from where they're actually sort of based. It's a bit of a jaunt. It is, uh, if you're in the UK at least, and it would cost us £700 for us to get the train. Uh, why do mid-distance gigs pay the same as they did 10 years ago, while everything else is far more expensive? A year ago, I would have been able to afford the deposit on a car to hire to get to Brighton. As it is, uh, we have a small band kitty for our, in inverted commas, profits, which we rarely see as we pay for our own travel a lot. After nearly a year, so presumably they've only been going 12 months or so, uh, we don't have any merch because we don't have £200 to blow on t-shirts because we need the money for petrol, trains, digs, that sort of thing. So today we're going to look the financial aspects of being a DIY uh, musician, DIY band. Did they also say something about that nobody wants to actually take over the role of the they, business? They, they said that between them, the, the, the aspect of looking at money and being in charge of the finances was quite a stressful thing for them. Bless them. That's okay. But what I would say now here is that the way musicians look at money is quite a, a strange thing. I've got here the <laughs> definition of the musician. Somebody puts a £5,000 guitar into a £500 car to drive to a gig to be paid £50. So, again, the... That's the logic, isn't it? That's that the logic with... of a music. We don't do it for the... Well, we do do it for the money. Well, we'd like to do it for the money. But, you know, we, it's, it's, a very, it's a very challenging set of, circumstances. of principles and circumstances. So if you're talking about business, businesses and business finance, let's, let's try and boil it down to its most simplistic concepts. There's really only two aspects about being a business. You've got your money coming in and you've got your money going out. And ideally, if you've got more money going in than you've got going out, then you've made a profit. 
and you can spend that money because or profits. reinvest or, or reinvest whatever so 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 at a very very basic level that's all you really need to concentrate on make sure you've got more money coming in than you've got so this going is out. business for dummies very um, music industry business for to dummies be honest, it's all business isn't it the, Unless you're Donald Trump, where allegedly you can lose a billion dollars. Don't start that Sorry, now, I can't Greg. help it. The guy's what? a fraud. Hashtag Greg on topic. <laughs> so in, in terms of expenditure, right, so let, let's have a look at this particular band in question, who were initially, I don't know whether this is hypothetically, or whether they were actually looking to do it. In terms of their travel, they were looking to take, and I think they might have been a three-piece, they were looking to take the train down to this particular gig. Yeah. Train travel... Incredibly expensive, in the UK at least. What on earth are they doing, Greg? It's ridiculously expensive. I, I, to be honest, if they're paying £700, I think they said that that was the cheapest. They would have to change trains. Yeah, they, they, they're doing it, split It wasn't fares, even direct. Being, being uh, they could have probably got a limo for less than that. Yeah, quite possibly. Even if you don't drive, uh, or none of you within the band drives, you could hire a splitter van for around about £100. You could get yeah, somebody I, to... I'd say a bit more than that. You're probably oh. about 150 there's a place called Gig Wheels I can show you later. Okay. Uh, I bet the excess is quite high. Looking at baseline figures, Greg. Baseline okay, figures. Okay, right. Okay, so yeah. So most bands will have their own vehicle or a series of cars. So even if you don't drive, you can hire a splitter van and a driver for much less than... Then four cars going to a gig. Yes. With four amounts of petrol. Uh, digs. And also petrol in the UK for those Americans out there is really expensive. Very, very expensive. Digs. So I would say at a certain level, um, what on earth are you doing uh, having the luxury of gigs, uh, digs rather, because digs for gigs cost money. And I would say that in order to maximise the profit for every single event, you should, you can't, you've only been going 12 months, you can't afford to be staying over in digs. Yeah, it does seem a bit the high life. Champagne yes. lifestyle and lemonade money. Champagne Charlie's, the lot of you. You do your gig, uh, uh, energy drinks are plenty, bingo, bango, bongo, you, you, you're driving back. You're pretty much taking, you're buying all your own food, buying all your own drinks, and literally, putting your hand in and spending no money. Again, we're trying to reduce expenditure as much as possible. Ignore the dog. Studio dog has entered the scene. Studio dog. Uh, again, a, a good friend of mine, he's in a tribute band, and even though he might get up to 700 people at one of his typical shows, um, they'll still get in the van at the end of the night and drive back simply because A, they like sleeping in their own bed, and B, they like maximising the amount of money. So even people at a, you know, at a specific level, they, you know, they, they do want the most money out of uh, every particular show. And even for that type of musician, uh, you know, digs can be luxury. So if and you- do they if, literally take their own packed lunches? Mm, they don't take their own packed lunches, no. But again, you know- th But that's, that's, where, that's where the line is. That's, for some of the other bands, taking a Tupperware pot with your lunch in. Tuna pasta salad. So We've yeah, all been there. None, none, none of this uh, ordering expensive pizzas or kebabs. Or, or beer. Or, well, you know, beer can be quite, quite if you bring your own. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, if you bring your own. Yeah. But again, in terms of food and drink, if you're paying out 
before, during, or indeed after the show. That's all an expense. It's packed lunches all the way if you want to make the most money out of every particular show. And that, that's the thing, it's a case of, I suppose we were discussing before we went on camera, uh, you know, where's the bottom line of comfort? Yours has probably changed now as you've grown as a band, as yeah. I'm sure most people will, but if you want that, you know, if you set your comfort level here, right from the start, then it's gonna take you a long time before you've actually got the additional money to buy the things that will make the money. Yes, and indeed, so we've sort of covered a few items of expenditure. Let's look at income, and I can't believe this particular band in question didn't have any merch for sale because the money's in, I'm, I'm banging my clipboard, the money's in the merch. That's, you know, again, if you're in terms of your value, as we were talking about last week, if you don't intrinsically have a large commercial value and you're not getting paid much for the actual show itself, if you can make the money sort of on the back end on the merch from selling to the people that are there, then that's a massive revenue stream that you're missing out on. As way of an example, uh, there's one particular company that I know that, that manufacture merch and they, for 100 t-shirts, they charge 360 pounds. If you were to charge even at a modest 10 pounds, and 10 pounds is not a lot to pay for a gig t-shirt. No, it's not. For those shirts, you can make a clear 640 pounds profit. Bingo, bango, bango. You might have to sell those over quite a number of shows, but it's still profit that's being made each and every night. And so things such as badges or buttons for our American friends. That's a um, What else? What else have I got down here? <laughs> CDs. I almost forgot, I almost forgot about CDs. <laughs> T-shirts. To be honest, it's the only time that people actually, I've noticed, the, buy, buy CDs. Physical. Yeah. You know, nobody, the, well, A, for a start, there's very few CD stores left anymore. But, you know, it's the only time that you literally see people like, excited to buy a CD. Posters. These are all items that, again, th th this particular company in question, you can spend uh, £25 to get 50 a3 posters, you can sell them for a pound, sell them for two pound, autograph them, so it's a, again, to add potential value to them all. The money's in the merch. If you don't have merch, what? you're not making the most money that you could do. What's the, I mean, that's the thing, is there a, a typical, do you try to aim for 100% profit margin on your stuff? If something costs me uh, maybe like five pound to make, I could charge, yeah, 10 pounds. So it's like 100% markup, which you might go, 100%, that, that's a lot. What you've also got to factor in is that myself as a company, we pay VAT. So that's 20% gone off, off that. So I'm now only making eight pounds and there's potentially, I've got to pay somebody to sell that. Might even be you at some point. Occasionally, yeah. So, you know, so it's not, so really I should be charging more. Thank you very much for forcing my prices up. <laughs> Oh, we, we had a few technical difficulties there. We did. Things crashed on us. It's not like technology to go wrong on you, is it? Never. So we were talking about, yeah, CDs being about the only opportunity where people, uh, gigs rather, yeah. the only opportunity where people buy physical uh, I'm saying it's the only opportunity. It seems to be the one with the yeah, most the, interest. the primary one. Yeah. So, so, again, if you've not got things for sale, 
then you are seriously reducing your opportunity to get that income. And also people, you know, you might have a, I know it's the odd selling CDs out of a, the back of a car at a gig kind of thing, but in terms of like, some people might just buy one on the off chance that, you know, oh, I quite like that band. Otherwise, you know, and then they'll remember you. So there's a point in memory as well. It could, yeah, it could be that one and only opportunity that you have to uh, to interface with that particular person. Otherwise you're there kind of going, we're on Spotify at, and then, and then also have a band name that's easy to find. And I think as well, I know we've been talking about gigs per se so far, and those gigs might not potentially pay a lot in the very first instance. What most musicians should really be doing is expanding the, what they consider a gig and you know think about sort of house concerts. Because the reason being is that if you've got a really engaged super fan, uh, you can do a gig in their house and you'll probably make more money from that one person alone paying you to do a very exclusive gig within the confines of their living room than you would do from a maybe a, a gig promoter play, paying you to play in their you know, town, city sort of venue. So don't be too constrained by what a gig actually it is. is yeah. And you know, you'll probably, like I say, we, make more money from your super fans than you will do from promoters. We've done little private gigs here at the studio where we invited, where I got the bands to invite like five people. And, and, you know, under the premise that it was really exclusive and they'd have an opportunity. And it was, it was really successful, to be honest. And this particular band said that the handling of money was something of an ex a stressful issue. They looked like they were the, having a, a whitey, literally. Let's just say that all aspects of being a musician. Money is always going to be a concern in some way, shape or form. It was certainly a concern for Sting when his accountant stole about £13 million off him. And That's the fact he didn't notice. How much money must you have not to notice somebody stealing millions and millions of pounds from you? More than me. So th th there's, those, there's those concerns. Myself, in terms of my, um, my musical outfit, I've got the concerns of, of producing company accounts. We file our a accounts at the company's house. We've got a VAT return. They're making VAT digital now, so I have to concern myself with digital VAT. I've got two emails in my inbox, one for my accountant, one from the government. I've got to pay corporation tax. So even if you have small concerns about, you know, potentially making or not making a small amount of profit from uh, smaller shows, just uh, console yourself that if you do move up in terms of the musical food chain, the, those, those concerns just amplify and you get different types of concerns. So my band make money, but that produces a, a different level. of headaches. Yeah, a different set of headaches. Well, one thing I was going to say uh, is that, you know, for a lot of bands, if you are going to start selling merch, which is what we're really kind of recommending, um, I would suggest to keep things nice and easy to understand regarding a paper trial would be to invest in a something like a PayPal card reader. Take card payments, okay, yes, you're gonna take a hit on PayPal, but the ease of use for being able to have a complete record that you don't have to spend time with creating afterwards and then disclosing that to everyone within the band is gonna keep maintain a, a really, really good level of transparency, but also, also gonna make life a lot, lot easier in regard of accountability. And I think it's worth it for 
3% to PayPal, which is tax deductible anyway. It's, uh, it's certainly uh, easy at the, and, at the end of the night when you're not counting up all that loose change. It took him a little while to get on it, but... I, I like it now. Like because it. People, not everyone's carrying cash. Uh, certainly in this day and age. So in summary, in terms of your band being a business, if you think more like a business, think about trying to max ways of maximising your expenditure, reducing your expenses, then you are at the end of the day, and again over a, a, a period of time, going to maximise the profits that you are sort of making. And once that does start to happen, then you become almost more attuned to it. And in terms of certainly ourselves as a band, we just had like one t-shirt. And so then you start going, all oh, right, well, if the people who are coming to our shows, they've already bought that t-shirt, then we have to start maybe thinking about another t-shirt. Oh yeah, it's literally, um, you. this idea that people only buy one, is like, no, they'll buy many of the, effectively the same thing if it's presented in different ways. So we could even do a whole episode about band merch at some point in the future, if that's what you you want to see. Would it be worth, if, if they want it, because obviously I'm going to be filming some of the gigs, is it worth, not, no, I'm going to be doing the merch. Let's I, discuss this off camera. Okay, on. fair enough, sorry. I'm just saying I could just do a couple of little thing, a panning shot of all the merch that you have, just so the people back home see could see the variety. See whether, see if you want it. The, the, the punters, you at home, sorry to call you a punter, but you are a punter. Hi, great. Uh, if you want it, what, what do you want from us? If you, yeah. if you don't want anything, we'll just, we'll just pick uh, topics at random, the, the ones that we feel are relevant. Thank you very much for watching this particular uh, episode. We hope you've uh, amused, entertained and informed you about all aspects of, uh, of being a business. If there's something that you'd like us to talk about, or expand about, upon, give you some advice uh, therein, let us know in the comments on whatever uh, platform you're watching this on, the Facebooks or the YouTubes. And uh, until next time, we'll see you again. Thank you very much. Cheers for watching. Bye.